Hello, everyone. Inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Habs finally win a preseason game. Slavkovsky shines. We've got some AHL standouts and some concerns. All that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 921 of Locked On Canadians, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day, wherever you find your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or right here on YouTube.com if you are a visual person. And of course, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day as well. I am your host for this evening's festivities. I am Scott Matla at Scott Matla on the app formerly known as Twitter or on Blue Sky, if that is more your vibe. Uh, My co-host was not feeling well, so she is not here tonight. I am back behind the, uh, what do we want to call this? Back behind the... um, Behind the microphone, taking over for the night here. I know, a horrifying thought. What is not horrifying, the Montreal Canadiens have won a preseason game for the first time since before COVID. So 2020, 2019, in that time frame. So it has been a while. It has been an absolute slog. Three years since their last preseason win. They beat the Senators 4-3 on, what is it, tonight, Wednesday night here in at the Bell Center in Montreal. It was, a, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to go around. It was a stupid game. It was a very stupid game that should not have been stupid. Uh, the Canadians kind of split their squad again. Top six of likely bona fide NHLers, bottom six of, eh, I guess we'll see. Uh, guys just kind of trying to earn their spot and seeing where they're at a mishmash on defense and a split start from the goaltenders. Uh, biggest things in this game, you got goals from Sean Monahan, Cole Caulfield, Uri Slavkovsky, and I, and Brandon Jinyak in this game, all four goals were scored in different ways. And all four of them are good for very different reasons here. Uh, Canadians overall, a little iffy in spots again here, but it's preseason. Everyone's kind of getting things together here. But across the board, much better than what we saw against the New Jersey Devils here. Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield's chemistry remains undeniable, cannot be slowed down, cannot be stopped by any mortal person not named Dominique Ducharme. And on the second line, Kirby Doc, Rafael Harvey Pinard, and Uri Slavkovsky were outstanding. I will have more on them in our next segment a little bit there because I really want to highlight what I saw from them. This was a game, and I I do not want to complain about officiating in a preseason game, but this was, it was clown shoes from the outset here, and the officials themselves kind of just let things get out of hand. They didn't have to let things get out of hand, and they did, and that uh, becomes a problem in and of itself there, is that they didn't need to let this game happen the way that it did. 
from the outset, Mark Kastlik buries Nick Suzuki on the first shift. It's a clean hit, but, you know, probably not what you'd love to see as a Canadiens play, uh, team there. And then not even a couple minutes later, uh, Zach McEwen just buries Caden Gooley from behind. He gets two minutes. David Savard gets two minutes for roughing for coming to the defense of Caden Gooley there. Gooley was fine, did come back later in the game, thankfully. And after that, uh, Donovan uh, Sabarengo goes knee on knee with Jared Davidson. And Brandon Jignac comes to his defense, somehow ends up four on four out of all of that for some reason. Uh, Kirby Doc gets tripped up and, by Mark Kastelik late in the game. Doesn't take his gloves off. Kastelik takes his gloves off, is gripping Doc like he wants to fight him somehow offsetting or not even offsetting. They each get a minor penalty for sportsman like despite doc quite literally doing nothing literally puts his hands up and looks at him. He's like, I'm not going to fight you. You goof and tries to get away from, they both go to the box. It's, it was a game that was just out of control. There were bad penalty calls. There were soft penalty calls. It was just a mess all over the place. And I was talking with good friend at maybe it's Ian, Ian Boisvert of the build podcast in the DMS. And it's why do they do this? These two teams don't like each other. They play each other enough in the regular season. The AHL teams play each other enough in the regular season. These games don't do anything except get everybody angry, get people hurt, put people in a situation to be hurt, which nobody wants. Nobody wants to see a player leave a preseason game injured. And we know that these are a mess. There is one more left against the Senators. Uh, there are three more left against the Leafs, which should be an absolute treat for social media there. But putting that aside, it's good to see the Canadians get a win. Caulfield himself said pregame to Kenzie Lalonde on TSN, we want to get a win. We haven't won a preseason game in a while. We want to get a win here. It meant something for the team there. It is... They're not complacent. Preseason results generally don't have much impact on the overall game itself. But when guys like Caulfield and Suzuki and Kirby Doc and all these other players want to win, it 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 breeds down further into the lineup there. It's an important feeling that if the vets want to win, the young guys want to win. Everybody is pushing towards that same goal here. And I think that is the the attitude you want instilled on the team here. And of note, Mike Madsen was a late scratch from this game. It was precautionary. And based on the way that this game went physically and the way that Ottawa played in this, I'm glad they took the precaution because I'd rather have Matheson at 100% for 100% of the season than 75% after this game because of some stupid hit or something like that. It, it was just... It, it's upsetting, and you could tell that the team probably really wanted him in there tonight. Uh, we will talk about defense later on a little bit, defense and goaltending for that matter, a little bit. But across the board, a cohesive effort from the Canadians. There's not a, there were some players who did not play well by the numbers, but I look at this game overall and I just go little mistakes here, little mistakes there, little mistakes there. Those are things you can fix in practice compared to the devil's game where I'm looking at this and going, I don't know what to tell you on any of this right now. None of this makes, you know, is not an, anything I can analyze. And it's hard to analyze this game too, because so little of it seemed to be played at five on five because of the amount of penalties called in this game, four on four 
5v4, 4v3, you know, there was a lot, not a lot of five on five play. What I saw at five on five was a lot better from the Canadians than I expected. And I think that's a good thing. And that mid, that second line I mentioned, uh, Slavkovsky, Doc, and RHP is important because that's probably going to be a group that's going to play together there. I don't know if Sean Monaghan's the answer on the top wing. We, I know we had talked about different options there. I wouldn't mind seeing Sean Monaghan with Alex Newhook to kind of lend a defensive boost to that line there and maybe give someone else a crack on that top line. But I think Doc and Slavkovsky is something, something there just clicks. And I don't know if it's the size. I don't know if it's just the psycho play or what, but I really like what I have seen from that coalition right there, at least in this game on defense. Caden Gooley has added finesse to his game. And I really love that. I, he had a couple of moments where I thought he was just going to rip a shot into a line of defenders and he curls the puck back, pulls it back and then passes to an open player or sh- uh, takes a shot pass for a deflection there. He's seeing things that he probably wasn't seeing last year so much. And I think that's really important for what he is able to do and his growth this year. I don't think David Savard's the ideal partner for him. I don't, unfortunately. I would like to see, honestly, I'd like to see a Gouli-Reinbacher pairing again. I think there's a lot to like there. I don't think it's going to be a regular season pairing. But if you give him someone a little bit more stable in what they do defensively, maybe a Jordan Harris is the option there on your second pair or first pair, depending on the night, and allow them to be mobile, defensively responsible, and most of all, smart. I think that's the biggest thing the Canadians should want from their defense here. Uh, going into our next segment, though, the big story of the night was Yuris Lefkowski got two games in a row. He wanted a goal. He got so much in there. We're going to talk about his big night and a couple of other impressive youngsters in this game, and that's all coming up next. But first, have you ever you know, gone to the grocery store? You forget something because you're so busy trying to get home, get dinner started, you know, get lunches together for the week, and you just need something. Guess what? DoorDash grocery delivery. You can get what you want right when you need it. You trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers as well. And with thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. And you're going to get exactly what you ordered, or they will make it right. So sit back, enjoy quality groceries, just like you picked them up in store yourself and you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. And with easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it and get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED at checkout, and that is a limited time offer. Terms apply. That's up to 50% off a $20, no minimum, subtotal zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and use code locked that's code locked for 50% off your first order with DoorDash we are back here at Lockdown Canadians and by we I mean I your host Scott Matla for this evening my co-host is uh, out for the night and she is hosting the mailbag tomorrow so please tweet us your questions at lo underscore Canadians Lockdown Canadians at gmail.com And she will also be handling Sunday's episode. I am going to be traveling back from New York City. I wasn't sure when I was going to be home because travel is, who knows, some days. And there is a game Monday night. So we are pushing our standard three up and three down from debuting Monday morning 
to Tuesday morning after that final game so we can get a full picture here going into the last week of training camp. Those things aren't going anywhere. We promise you, folks, we don't want to disappoint you. We love doing three up and three down, and I wanted to make sure that I was here for that. Now, let's talk about Yuri Slavkovsky. This, I thought he looked decent against the Devils there, a little bit slow going. In this game, I think Slavkovsky was at his best. His pair, his partnership with Kirby Doc and Rafael Harvey Pinard was exactly what this team needed. They were smart. They were in dangerous areas. His goal wasn't pretty, but it's where he needs to be. And he got that goal, and you can just see that confidence exude out of the way he plays. He's getting into more dangerous areas. He's taking more risks. He healed what would have been a sure goal. I do not think Jonas, Jonas Corposala would have gotten to this on a one-time feed on the power play. He just hit it off the heel of his stick. But that didn't wilt the way that he was playing in this game. He was all over the place. He had a really good breakaway coming uh, after, I believe it was after one of the penalty kills. He got sent in, goes by the defender, uses his body, and he shields himself and creates a really nice lane to the net, goes forehand, backhand, and a really great save from Jonas Corposala was the only thing that denied him there. It's everything you want to see out of somebody who has a big body, big frame, and has powerful skating strides in there. He was able to create separation using that power in his legs. He's such a big kid, and I will say kid, he's barely 19 years old at this point. He is someone that I want I want to see more of that out there. He looked great tonight, and I think in the next game, you keep him paired up with Kirby Doc. Maybe you try Philip Mashard. Maybe you try Joshua Wobb. Maybe you you know, rotate things around a little bit. I think that that was a partnership I really liked in this game. And for Habs fans who are kind of, you know, oh, we didn't get any points in the first game. He doesn't look great in scrimmages and everything. I think this is that kind of like Frankie says relax moment here. I was really impressed by what I saw from Slavkovsky tonight here. And I really, really want to reiterate that's what you, you're hoping to see more of here is that he is building on that. And if he can build strong preseason efforts and habits and all the little nuances to the game that make you an effective pro, I think that's going to be great. I'm really excited to see what his next game looks like. I don't think he'll play, what are they playing, Friday night against Toronto. I imagine he'll play Saturday. He might not play either of those, and he'll play Monday and finish out. Who knows? There's still like 6 million bodies in Habs training camp. And part of what made that line effective is Kirby Doc played like someone had ruined his morning. And I mean that in the most endearing way possible. He was mean. He was physical and he was very effective at what he did using his frame to create separation, to overwhelm opponents along the boards in situations. And that's what something else that we wanted more from Kirby doc last year. He's not a small person. He ran over Igor Sokolov. He, you know, had no issues going up against Mark Kastelik. Didn't fight him. Still got a penalty you know, just was a nuisance in all three zones. And that is what I, and again, that's what you want to see from Kirby doc. Yeah. He missed time with injury, but he was so integral into making the Canadians offense smooth and click when it did last year there, like truly he has something about it. And I still do not understand why Toronto gave up on or Toronto. I am very sorry. I, uh, Chicago 
why Chicago gave up on that. Yeah, they were going to get Connor Bedard, and yeah, they traded Alex to Brinkett and did all this other stuff, and they were tanking. I will never understand why they, you know, punted on Kirby Doc unless they truly thought they couldn't fix him, in which case that's your own fault, not ours. I think that trade now for Kent Hughes is looking more and more like a huge win there. And Doc and Slavkovsky weren't the only young guys, and I'm going to say young guys there, that were thriving in this game. Jared Davidson is a prospect that I knew of that we had talked to Hattie Kalakesh and Sebastian High and Tony Ferrari and all these other people. What makes Jared Davidson special? And it's at the at the WHL level when he was in the CHL. He's an overager. He's a little bit more physically mature than these guys. Skating needs a little work. And then all he's done since getting to rookie camp and into the rookie showcase and into the scrimmages and everything is just make himself known. He is everywhere when he is on the ice. His opening goal is he gets a feed, a great pass from David Savard, cross through the neutral zone, turnstiles Travis Hamanick, who is not some nobody defenseman. He's not what he once was, but he's still an NHL veteran defenseman. Turnstiles him, gets to the net, puts a puck there. Brandon Giniak chips it in. That's what you want to see there. He's someone that I went from, well, he'll probably make a pretty good lion in the ECHL there too. Maybe they keep that trio together of Giniak, Bork, and Davidson in Laval in the AHL when their season starts. They were just absolutely clicking on a lot of different levels. It wasn't always fancy and flashy, but it's effective. And there's a lot to be said about that is one of the concerns that people talked about was that Davidson skating is maybe not where it needs to be to be a definite NHLer. He works hard. He creates goals in areas, but his skating might not be there. It looks like he's added a layer of finesse to his game. A lot like, you know, the next person I want to talk about William Trudeau. William Trudeau is the new Brett Kulak. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. You don't notice all the good things he does because he does the good things a lot. I was a big fan of his during the rookie showcase last year into the AHL. There were some learning bumps and everything in there. And then this preseason and everything, he's been great. Still some wrinkles to work out. But I think a lot of what I've seen from William Trudeau lends itself to he's not making it easy on the Canadians for, hey, I I don't want to go to the AHL. He will likely start there as they sort things out. But I'm becoming closer and closer to a believer that William Trudeau could very well be an everyday third pairing defenseman on this Montreal Canadiens team, maybe some second pair minutes in occasion there. He skates well. He reads plays well. He positions well. He does all the little things right. And coaches love that. He is moldable that you can, it's like Raphael Harvey Pinard. You can put him in any situation and he will make it work. Penalty kill, power play, whatever. William Trudeau can make that happen. I don't know if he will beat out some of the vets in this camp. However, as I noted in this game and in the previous one, there's still some veteran defensive concerns going on here and a little bit more in net too. I'm going to talk about some of what's making me a little bit hesitant going into the regular season and all that's coming up next. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. Remember, please tweet us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians, Canadians at gmail.com. Laura will have your mailbag episode tomorrow and get you started for the weekend with a two-game series against Toronto. So enjoy all of that, folks. 
I am not 100% sold on all the veteran defensemen available in this team right now. And yes, we are two games into this preseason. David Savard looked a little bit overmatched in his role in a game where he was not playing a particularly strong lineup. And Caden Gooley is papering some of those cracks. I have nothing personal against David Savard. I do not. I just do not think he should be playing in a role that demands he's playing 22 to 25 minutes a night anymore. Not at, you know, his current age right now. I do not think that that is the right idea for this team. And in the previous game, Justin Barron and Arbor Jack, guys who kind of surprised and had impressed me previously, I didn't see what I wanted to see from them in that. And I have my concerns about defensemen missing their assignments in the defensive zone and creating opportunities for other teams. On some of the Senators' goals tonight was because a defenseman or a veteran center, in the case of Gabriel Bork, missed their assignment. Caden Gooley is trying to cover one area. His partner is not there or the covering man is not there. Jake Allen is out to dry. Not the ideal thing that you kind of want for your young team with goaltending that isn't set in stone yet in this team here. I, I, we knew the Canadians defense is a work in practice. They have so many bodies. They have so many bodies and some of their top bodies are not playing every night right now. Lane Hudson is in college. Adam Engstrom is in Sweden. David Reinbacher is like, is very likely going back to Switzerland here in the near future. That's three of their top defensive bodies at this exact moment who will not play for the team this year, which is fine. But the guys who are here, who are going to start feeling that heat soon need to make sure that they are standing on stable ground here. I, and I love Arbor Jack. All of you know that I love Arbor Jack. I love watching Justin Barron play. These are players who should not have concrete spots because it can breed complacency in the lineup. I think both of these players and many others, including David Savard, et cetera, bring layers to this team that are unique. It is just that you need to make sure your foundational elements are in place so you can make the entire offense click a little bit. If you are unable to do that, you either have to learn how to do that, or they will put someone in the lineup who will. And unfortunately for the Canadians, the other veteran options are guys like Gustav Lindstrom or Chris Weidman who are injured. Uh, It's still very early in the preseason. So this is not me pulling the panic shoot. The defense is going to be terrible. Trade everybody. Everything's going to be bad. I just, it's one of those things that I want to see improvement on. I want to see this Canadians team get better because I know that they can get better. I absolutely know they can get better in that regard. And that also helps out in the goaltending department. Caden Primo came in. Matthew Joseph got a clean look on him. Shot either went off David Savard's stick or altered it just enough that it beat him. Not the most awe-inspiring thing. A lot like Jakob Dobish. A little bit chaotic. But overall, he stopped the rest of the pucks that he needed to. Not really hard to be upset with that. Still not sold. Jake Allen looked okay. He looked a little bit better corralling pucks that hit him. They weren't rebounds. It's just if the defense in front of him cannot be where it needs to be, what are they going to do? 
And I'm curious what everyone else has their goaltending tier right now is. I have Montembeau at the top. Hilarious goal against the Devils and all there. And it's still Jake Allen, Primo, and Dobish for me right now. It's And like I said, this is not me saying all this is going to be bad. They are two preseason games in now out of six. They have four more to play before opening night here. They still have, I believe, 68 players in camp unless I've missed another round of cuts somewhere. Unless they assigned the AHL guys to rocket camp, which started this week, which is possible. There's a lot going on a lot of the time. It's not the end of the line for making decisions. I just really want to see kind of what pairings we can get out of here that are working at this exact moment. We've seen forward lines that seem to be working already. That Doc Slavkovsky RHP line looked very good. I didn't mind new hook with Anderson there. And I know Slavkovsky is part of that too. Hmm, I'm noticing a trend a little bit. Uh, Wah with Beck. Great. Love it. Put Sean Farrell there too. Hell, that sounds great. Go all young guys. That sounds amazing. I just want to see them start to suss out the defense a little bit because Reinbacher will go back at some point. Logan Mayu, I think, will get as many games as they can give him to kind of assess where his professional game is at before he goes back to the rocket as well. It's, I just want to see them start putting the pieces in place so I can start understanding how these pairings function a little bit. Uh, in the next game, changes I'd like to see a little bit. I want to see Jaden Struble. I really do. I think he's someone who would is going to thrive at the professional level with the style that he plays. Uh, more Joshua Wan, Owen Beck, you know, give them a real run out here. I'm not saying Owen Beck enforces his way onto this team, but I'm not not saying that right now. Give all these younger guys a chance here on defense. I know what David Savard is. I know what Gustav Lindstrom is. I know what Chris Weidman is. And yes, that I know these. Inter- I know what, what Brady Keeper or who Brady Keeper is. Give Trudeau some minutes. Give Reinbacher a long run out. Maybe don't run out Kane Gooley because you're going to lean on him a lot in the regular season. I don't want to burn him out. But assess what he can do with other defensive partners here. Because as we know, and this is not a shot at the Canadians here, it is what can they do when injuries arise during the season here? And they will. That's just the fact of the matter here. Uh, Through two games, folks, I also want you to tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. Drop it in the comments. Who has impressed you through two games so far? What kind of line combinations do you want to see for the next couple games against Toronto? Who do you want to see be given a bigger role? And who have you already seen enough of in the preseason don't need to see more because it's not worth the time please tweet us at lo underscore canadians also make sure you're subscribed on youtube where you are watching this video potentially right now we are so close to 3,000 subscribers which means something horrifying for me at the end of the day because i love you all so dearly even the people who you know don't understand why i eat gross things it's just part of the lockdown canadians lore at this point you got to get used to it or it's going to be a long time and Mailbag tomorrow. Tweet your questions. Email your questions. Lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. Laura will be tackling all of that. I won't be gone long. I'm just going down to New York City. If you see me at the Hozier concert, don't be weird. Wave. Cool. Whatever. I will be back after that. We will then do three up and three down. We've got so much content coming up. We are so, so close to opening day at all levels of hockey here. I cannot wait. You can't wait. Everybody is excited. We'll catch you all in our next episode. And until then, 
you know, go Habs go. And we'll see you all next time.